Welcome to the official unofficial podcast dedicated to Eastern Washington athletics. This is the Eagles Power Hour, an affiliate member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. Introducing your hosts, standing at a staggering 5 foot 10 inches tall. He's not a myth. He's not a legend. He's just that idiot who thinks it's a great idea to paint his chest in 10 degree weather for an Eastern Washington football game. Now, based out of Houston, Texas, Kyler Neal. The other host is a local firefighter. He saves kittens by day. Talks EWU sports by night. He is six foot two without heels and has a vertical of 32 inches. Based out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yours and my favorite Eagles Power Hour host, Rusty Kramer. Without further ado, here it is the greatest podcast in the big sky the Red Turf Repping Eagles Power Hour. Welcome back, Eagles Power Hour listeners. Um, it's me, Kyler. I'm your host as always. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to have Rusty this season. Um, at least for football, he's extremely busy with his job, um, with his family. He's got to take a little bit of time off. So unfortunately, you guys just have me. Hopefully, that's not horrible. Um, but man, it feels like we have not done an episode in a long time. But... We were doing episodes in the spring, so I guess it wasn't a year. Um, we're only a few months away uh, from really doing our last episode, and now we're back. We are going to be talking about Eastern Washington football. So that, that's that got to be some exciting news. But again, you can follow me down there, Kyler EPH. We are on Twitter. Um, you can see me on FCS Fans Nation. And um, just to talk about a little bit of things that are going on. We're going to probably be posting our actual YouTube videos to FCS Fans Nation Network. Um, so look out for that. Um, it's a great opportunity to build this brand, also help out FCS Fans Nation and their network and everything that they're trying to accomplish. But yeah, let's let's go ahead. Just get started. My summer's been pretty uneventful, so uh, there's not much to talk about there. So let's just go ahead and get started on what actually matters to the listeners, and that's Eastern Washington football. Um, so if you are listening to this on podcast form, well, cool. That's awesome. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, you're actually going to see kind of the banners on what we're going to be talking about podcast form. You're just going to have to wait. It's going to be more exciting. Um, but the spring recap, I mean, the spring season was, was weird and it's, I mean, I guess that's the only way I can even say it, it was weird. I'm glad it happened rather than canceling the full season. Um, it was a cool test. I'm, I'm glad we're never going to be doing it again. I hate the people who are saying FCS football should just be in the spring. You'll have no competition. Viewership was down. There's actually more competition. There's just not football competition. Um, so I'm glad it's over. I'm glad we're back where we belong. It's another fall season. Um, Eastern Washington, I'm going to say it was kind of a letdown season. Um, yes, we went to the playoffs. Uh, we went five and one in big sky um, play. So, I mean, we did fairly well, but if you're an Eastern Washington fans, you, you kind of expect a little bit more. And we ran out of gas in the playoffs and we played North Dakota state again. Um, this time we were up 21 zero. We were absolutely bullying them. We were using our speed. We were using our athleticism. Um, but then once it start, got about halftime, um, NDSU did what they do best. They they out-physicaled us. They pushed us around on the line. Um, we couldn't really have – we didn't have any time to throw the ball. And also, we could not stop the run to save our life. Um, I think they rushed like 400 and something yards, and most of that was in the second half. Uh, we ran out of steam. They out-physicaled us. They kind of persevered. And we lost in the first round. It was pretty upsetting. Now, most people are not going into the Fargo Dome and winning – so, um, you know, even if we lost, that wouldn't be a, that upsetting. You know, we were, it, it is NDSU, <laughs> you know, they, they've won eight of the last 10 championships. Um, they have been still dominant. This was their down year. And even then they were still extremely good. The only way, the only reason why it was a letdown was because of how we lost. We were up so far and then they scored 42 unanswered points, basically. Um, that was, that was pretty tough to deal with. 
Um, so hopefully we're going to improve on some things. We're going to talk about a little bit of this today. Um, and then really a majority of the season is just going to be sit and wait and see. Um, we have a lot of talent that's coming back. Um, but yeah, this spring season, it was a weird test. Glad we're not doing it again. Um, Eastern Washington at least made the playoffs. So did Weber. But the big sky overall was a little bit of a letdown in the postseason. But I think if you guys have even heard me on the Big Sky Podcast Network podcast, um, or not the Big Sky, sorry, the FCS Fans Nation podcast, I even said prior to that week, the Big Sky has a good chance to go 0-2. Um, there, there's some style matchups that they probably don't want. Southern Illinois, you know, they were a tough team this last year. And Weber, Weber was winning up until the last 50 seconds. That was a very good game. They were out with their top running back, Josh Davis. But they ended up losing, so the Big Sky went 0-2 in the playoffs in the spring. Um, but Montana, Montana State, they weren't playing Sac State. They weren't playing. Those were three of the top top four teams from the 2019 season, unfortunately. Um, so we'll see what happens with the Big Sky this year, but it does look really promising. So let's talk about one of the more exciting things that happened this offseason as a conference in general. The Big Sky is no longer on Pluto TV. Round of applause. Round of applause. Um, I mean, the Eastern feed was never too awful. Um, you know, other schools were horrible. But Pluto TV, it's just whenever I explained to anyone who wasn't a Big Sky fan, oh, yeah, I'm going to be watching my my football team on Pluto TV. Everyone would look at me like I was nuts or what the hell is Pluto TV? The good news is now we're on ESPN. And um, every other FCS besides... What is it? The Pioneer League and the CAA is on ESPN Plus. So at least we're having a giant FCS model. Um, everyone's going to be there. And the cool thing about our deal that, you know, the commissioner from the Big Sky worked out. So a lot of props to him is uh, the Big Sky is going to get two actual primetime nationwide TV games, not ESPN Plus games, but they're actually going to get two nationwide audience. Um, the, the only other fcs conference that has a deal like that is the SWAC. so even the missouri valley they're not guaranteed any type of uh, nationwide audience where it's espn2 or espnu or espn game um they'll probably still get one most likely i mean they have it seems like the last few years because of north dakota state and maybe if they're playing south dakota state or something like that there there's at least a lot of noise you know some some people want to see that because people have heard of those teams and they've done extremely well especially with south dakota state being in the national championship last year and then north dakota state just being the dynasty they'll most likely get an espn2 game throughout the season but they're not contractually obligated in the missouri valley to get those games the big sky is contractually obligated so that is pretty awesome and, and big props to the big sky for that so if you guys aren't familiar with ESPN Plus, um, just go on ESPN through any type of smart TV app on your computer, anything like that, and log in for the ESPN Plus app. There's a couple of different ways to purchase it because it is not free like Pluto Sports. But the nice thing is we're actually going to get some allocated money to get distributed to all of the teams, and it's going to really go to their production value. So like some of the teams in California who have really bad production value, and it makes it really unbearable to watch the games or like Idaho State, they're actually going to be getting some production money. So hopefully it goes to cameras. Hopefully it goes to um, an actual broadcasting team or, or something like that to up the production value. So we actually have more than one horrible camera angle. Um, hopefully it's going to be multiple. They're going to have better cameras and you're actually going to see a much better uh, broadcast. So it's going to make the games actually much more enjoyable to watch. But, but yeah, how to get ESPN Plus again. Sorry, I like to ramble. If you've listened to me before, you know I ramble. I don't really have anything on paper. I just start talking. Um, but yeah, if you go on the line or on one of the smart TV apps, check on ESPN Plus. There's a little app there. Um, it's, I think, still, I'm grandfather. I'm not grandfathered in, but I bought it so long ago. I don't even remember, but I think it's still $5.99 a month. Um, but $5.99 a month is not that bad considering you're going to get every single Big Sky game, every single uh, Missouri Valley team. And then there's other sports as well. Um, a lot of other conferences, even FBS, you can watch you know, ESPN Plus games, you can watch UFC fights or whatever you want. There's quite a bit of things on ESPN Plus. Or what you could do is, I think they still have the bundle. 
So the bundle is Disney Plus, um, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. So if you are one of those people who likes all the Avengers stuff, um, or if you watch Hulu all the time because maybe you don't watch live TV and you watch every new episode a day later, maybe you can get rid of your cable and actually just utilize the bundle and get Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. And then maybe like for NFL season, yeah, go go buy the NFL Sunday ticket so you can at least watch those games. That's what I do. I got rid of cable completely, and I am all app-based. So ESPN, big deal. I think um, the commissioner or whatever team with the Big Sky actually negotiated that deal. They deserve a lot of credit. This is awesome. Now at least CFCS seems like it's having a big brand itself, and it's going to be very easy to go through the app and, and look your games up. And I believe they're also recorded. So if you can't watch it live, you should be able to at least watch it within the next 24 hours, which that is pretty awesome for anyone who's working nights or work Saturdays or something like that. So, yeah, that, that's about it for ES, ESPN Plus and a little bit of that spring recap. Um, now let's talk about this season. So, of course, Eastern Washington is ranked again. For I don't know how many consecutive years, it's been a good amount. Um, I mean, we haven't really even had a losing season since 2006. And I mean, we've been ranked a majority of the time, so we're, we're definitely always a top 25 team. Um, now, there's been, I think, one year where we fell out at the very end. But it, it's basically, we are a top 25 caliber team. Um, personally, I think we are one of the most athletic teams in the nation. There's, there's a couple things we lack that will make a difference if we don't improve those. But if you're talking about athlete to athlete or speed to speed, I don't think there's many teams that match up with us athletically um, across the whole FCS. That's why when we play like an NAU who's not a, a physical team, we tend to bully them. We tend to just outrun them. We, I mean, those, those types of games are a mismatch on paper for anyone who is not a super large physical team. Those are where we are right now, a mismatch against us. But when we're looking at the rankings, there's one, two, three, four, five big sky teams ranked in the top 25. Um, and then a couple other that are receiving votes like Sacramento state. I mean, they were a top 10 team in 2019. They did not play. So, and you know, Thompson's gone. So maybe they're just wondering what's going to be going on, but Eastern Washington is ranked number 11 in the stats pool. So that is not too bad. We are outside the top 10, which I do think we belong outside the top 10 right now. Uh, we we have to prove it this season. Um, but it's a little bit, I think it's it's a little bit actually lower than where we belong. Um, and, and why I am saying that is, you know, Monmouth returns a lot of talent. Um, they were there. They were beating Sam Houston State. I mean, Sam Houston State had a win. That's an actual FCS national champs. They had a win on a last-second touchdown effort. Um, I think Monmouth deserves to be above us right now. I think I would even put Montana State above us, even though they have a new coaching staff. They still bring a lot of talent back from that 2019 semifinal team. Um, and everything's – all the rumors are they finally have a QB. Montana State was a QB away from being really a national title com competitor, and they were still a semifinal team. So we'll see what Vegan can do. Um, he is the brand new coach there, so he he came from an NDSU background. He was a he was on the coaching staff there, where they won quite a bit of titles. And he went and transferred to not transferred. He took a job in Wyoming under Craig Bull. Now he's you know up in Montana State. So I think Montana State deserves to be above us. Um, I personally put us at 15 on my pearl poll um because i think we need to prove it a little bit more and there's some things we need to fix but overall anywhere between 13 and 15 is where i could see us 11 is just a little bit too high but do i think we are capable of being on a top 11 team or a top 10 team a top 5 team absolutely as long as a couple things are fixed so overall not too bad um yeah the other ranked teams like i said UC Davis came in at number 23. They were a tough team from last year. Their only losses were Weber in Eastern Washington. And um, they, I mean, when you, when you talk to Dan Hawkins, the coach, he kind of mentioned that if they decided to stick it around, because um, they opted out with a few weeks left in the spring season because they kept getting canceled games. Not their fault. 
Cal Poly canceled. Um, a couple other teams, you know, they were dropping out. They had COVID protocol. So UC Davis basically said, we're done. We're not going to play our last game. But if you mentioned to Dan Hawkins, he kind of alluded to that last playoff spot was for UC Davis. Um, he he hinted at they offered him the playoff spot and he said, no, we haven't played in a few weeks, so we're not going to go play, which I don't know if that's true or not. Take take it by word. But if, if that came in, then UC Davis would have been in the playoffs over, let's say, a Missouri State. Um, so UC Davis is ranked. Eastern's ranked Montana State, Montana and Weber. And we have three teams in the top 12. That is pretty solid. And then when you look at the coaches pulling, um, let's see if it's really any different. I haven't looked too much at the coaches poll. Um, so you have Weber State at six, Montana nine, Eastern Washington 14. So that's fair. Montana State at 11. And then they have UC Davis at 21. And then again, Sacramento State receiving votes. Um, probably even NAU maybe receiving votes. Nope, doesn't look like it. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. We're about where we were supposed to be. So that's kind of the nice thing. Um, now when we're looking at FCS all Americans, we do have some all Americans. Um, I mean, it's one thing we can always just, we, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Eric Berrier, uh, <laughs> Eric Berrier is definitely an all American. Um, he's, one of the favorites to win the Walter Payton award. He was a Walter Payton award finalist last year, but he is on the all American team. Um, let's see who else is. Um, okay, here we go. So the reason why I stuttered a little bit is because there's so many different all American lists. Let's, let's talk about stats first. Then we'll talk about hero. Then we'll talk about Phil Steele. Um, but if you're looking at all Americans, so first team All-American on the stats list, Eric Berrier. First team All-American, okay? Um, Tristan Taylor, um, offensive tackle. He's a second team stats perform. He's another All-American. So those are the two All-Americans that we have on our team from the stats list. Now, if you're looking at Hero Sports, again, now it's Eric Berrier. Of course, he's going to sweep this type of award. He's on the um, first team Hero Sports. And then kicker Seth Harrison, he's on the third team Hero Sports. And then um, Phil Steele, if you've ever looked at some of his publications, he used to have a giant booklet of everything about the FCS. He doesn't do it anymore, unfortunately, because there wasn't enough audience. Um, he kept asking on Twitter for it. If you wanted to see it, he's going to keep doing it. He didn't get the responses he wanted. He didn't get the um, honors that he wanted. So he stopped really doing it. But he still at least puts out all conference teams, all American teams for the FCS. He does his due diligence. So Phil Steele. You are awesome. But Eric Berry again, Tristan Taylor again. So Eric Berry's first team, Phil Steele, um, Tristan Taylor, second team. And then uh, Lemu Jones, who had an outstanding season this last season, um, he, he became second team All-American. And then when you're looking at basically Big Sky Awards, I mean, the list is, I'm just going to mention some of them. And this could be all, all Big Sky preseason or Phil Steele. Um, but we got Mitchell Johnson now. I'm not going to mention the names that we already named, but we got Mitchell Johnson, um, Tameric Pierce, Joshua Jermone, uh, Seth Harrison. Oh, I already mentioned him. Freddie Roberson, Andrew Boston. So we have three different wide receivers on, you know, the big sky, all American list for Phil Steele. So that is awesome. We got Wyatt offensive line and then Anthony Smith, our safety. So that's, I mean, what's, what's more, we have a lot of talent. I don't need to say too much about it. We have a lot of talent on this team, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they're actually going to produce out there because it's not just a lot of talent, but it is a lot of talent and a lot of experience that are coming from this team. Here was a crazy stat I read when I um, got really that Go Eagles news publication yesterday, I think it came out, but it's a giant article, you guys. Go read it if you can. If you follow like Eastern Washington on Facebook or something, it's going to be right up there. Uh, maybe I'll even post a link to it because there's so much data. There's so much information. But we have 36 players returning that have a total 318 career starts between the 36 players. A lot of talent. I mean, that is that's a lot of experience. That's a lot of talent. 
it's, you know, 102 total starts by offensive players and 136 total starts by defensive players. That is insane. And we have all starters coming back from the spring besides, you know, Chris, Chris Ojo, who basically, I think he transferred to New Mexico State, which, to be honest, that's a team Eastern Washington would throttle. Um, but, you know, good luck to him. I hope he does phenomenal things there. But he wasn't even playing at the very end of the season last year. So if you're looking at who's playing from the last four games, every single starter we had in the spring season is coming back. But yeah, 36 players that have 318 career starts. Nothing is going to surprise this team. They've seen it all. They've been through it all. This is a lot of experience. Most of these players, they've been on the 2018 National Championship team. Not championship team, but runner-up. Um, they've been in a national championship. So they have a lot to prove. They, I'm sure they feel kind of let down or bummed out on how the last few seasons have gone. So I think they want to come in here, prove a lot. I mean, there's a lot of senior talent on this team as well. But now let's just dive into the actual schedule itself. And then we'll talk about the game that is this week. So the actual football schedule, let's see here, because this schedule is pretty exciting, and I'm just going to go game by game. I'm not going to do any predictions. I'm just going to tell who we're playing, where we're at, and then at the very end of the show, we are going to do an actual really easy projection. Um, I'm just going to pick games, and then at the end of the season, we're going to see how well how well Kyler did, how awful did Kyler do. Um, but first game, you know, Friday, or Thursday, September 2nd, in Viva Las Vegas, we have the Rebels. We're playing... Uh, Las Vegas, you know, UNLV, we are playing them at Allegiant Stadium. So that's pretty cool. You know, the Death Star or whatever they like to call it down there, the new Raider Stadium. It's amazing looking. We actually get to play in an NFL stadium. We've done that before when we played Central Washington. At, I think it was still called Quest, uh, not CenturyLink or anything like that. I think it was still Quest, but we're playing at an NFL stadium. So that is super awesome. I'm excited. Then September 11th, we're playing... Division two, old historic rivalry, um, Central Washington University. Now, unfortunately, yes, it's a D2 game. We did not have a D2 game on our schedule until not that long ago. Uh, we were playing Jacksonville State, who they were actually supposed to return from our home-and-home -home agreement when we played them in 2019. We already paid all the money. We traveled all the way down to Alabama. It was a hell of a game. Um, you know, our players started going down with injuries quite a bit at the end, but it was a very competitive, fun game to watch. Jacksonville State came back at the end, and then they ended up winning. But they're not. They decided they don't want to come up to Cheney. Um, they saw how we played them in the humidity. They don't want to come up to an area there is no humidity. Um, so they decided they want to play someone else. I mean, I get it. Florida State offered them quite a bit of money, but. They they had a signed agreement. I don't I don't know what forced them to pull out. I mean, of course, it, money speaks volumes. Florida gave them or Florida State gave them a buttload, um, but I still think they should have honored their actual agreement. Who knows if we will see them in the future? I have not heard any updates on talking, um, so I'm still a little petty a little petty on that because a D two win doesn't do anything for your playoff resume. Um, even though Central Washington is a good team. It does not do anything for your resume. So we are considering this as a 10-game schedule, basically, in the playoff committee's eyes. That hurts. I'd rather play a good FCS team. I mean, Jacksonville State's ranked in the top 10. So I would have rather played a good FCS team or even a bad FCS team over Central Washington. But at least if we're going to play a D2, at least it's our old historic rival, Central Washington. They're going to come to Cheney. Um, then we are at Western Illinois. So that is a Missouri Valley team. They're at the bottom of the valley. Um, we signed a home and home away, a home and home deal with them as well. And they were actually supposed to come to us in 2020. COVID happened. That one I understand. There was no way for them to come to here. I don't know if they're coming back in a couple later seasons or if we just said, guess what? We get it. It's COVID. You have nothing to, to do. <laughs> you know, the, the football season was canceled in the fall. You couldn't come here. And then there was no out-of-conference games in the spring for any Big Sky team. So I get it. But we are playing Western Illinois. Then we are at Southern Utah. So in the first four weeks, we are gone three of the four. And 
None of them are short distance travels. Southern Utah is our shortest distance. But this is the last year Southern Utah is in the big sky. They were what Chris Hammond from Tubbs of the Clubs like to say. They were 38 seconds away from going to the playoffs. Um, I think they went one and five in the spring season, if I remember correctly. But they were in almost every single game. I mean, Weber, last second. All right, all these teams, last second wins. Um, NAU, I think that is the only team. No, NAU won last second. I forgot who Southern Utah beat, but maybe it was Cal Poly. I mean, Cal Poly was getting crapped on by everyone in the spring, and that's what made them quit at the end of it. But it's none of Bo Baldwin's talent yet. We'll see what they have. We'll, we'll see what they do in about a few years. So after the road, now... Now we're getting into the kind of what I like to consider the fun part of the schedule. Montana is coming to Roos Field for the first time since, has it really been 2016? It has really been since 2016. Montana has not come to Cheney. You know, this used to be that rivalry game where we played every single year and it was one in Missoula, then the next year in Cheney. They've avoided us. Idaho came in kind of, mixed up a little bit of the situation to where Montana got lucky and did not have to come to us in 2018, which they would have 100% lost. Um, and then, you know, COVID happened. They were supposed to come to us and then they didn't. And then they didn't play in the spring besides their weird little two games scrimmages against Portland state and central Washington, where they said Portland state is definitely on top to your team. And in, in, you know, the SCS, I think they said number four in the big sky, but I'm just going to troll a little bit and say they they mentioned all of the FCS, top four in all the FCS, just because I want to say that. Um, but yeah, Montana comes to Cheney. It should be fun. That's going to be a very packed game, especially since they haven't been since 2016. Their fans travel extremely well. This will definitely be one of those 11,000, you know, butts and seats, standing room only type of games, I imagine. You know, our stadium only seats 8,600. This is definitely going to be one of those standing room only, pure 100% packed games because Eastern Washington, even though we haven't played Montana as much lately, I mean, there is still a lot of hate at Eastern Washington for Montana. And I know Montana fans do not like us as well. So they travel well. It is always a fun, very tense atmosphere. And then we go down to Northern Colorado. So this one will be kind of interesting. We have no clue about anything about Northern Colorado. Um, Ernest, he was their longtime coach. He averaged about two big sky wins. Um, I think he was there for nine seasons, if I'm right. Well, he was fine. Not finally, but he was unfortunately. Not unfortunately. He was just let go. Um, a lot of people at the university loved him. From everything I've heard, he was a great guy. He's a great ambassador for the actual student athlete. He just wasn't a D1 caliber coach, in my opinion. He struggled a lot. Um, so they have new Ed McCaffrey. If you guys don't know who Ed McCaffrey is, look him up. You know, he's a former NFL wide receiver. Um, then also what you're going to see is his son, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this dude, he's going to spice it up at least. Um, there, there's, you know, there was a lot of crazy offseason hires that happened in the last fall, right after the 2019 season where, you know, Bo Baldwin, one of the big sky's best coaches ever. And I'd rank him right behind Bobby Houck, but he went to Cal Poly. No one saw that happening. Then you got Ed McCaffrey going to Northern Colorado. And Ed does not have really a lot of coaching experience besides at the high school level. He went for a couple of years. Then you had, of course, Neon Dion. He went to Jackson State. Um, there's quite a bit of like these phenomenal coaching hires. I don't know if Ed McCaffrey is going to do an extremely good job, but who knows? I mean, he's recruiting well. He did bring his son from Michigan, Dylan McCaffrey. Um, he, I mean, Dylan McCaffrey was highly recruited. He's a beast. He's going to be at Northern Colorado. So that is going to be potentially a gunslinging shootout. We've gotten in those with a couple times with Northern Colorado over the past, past 10 years. Um, they have never really had quarterback issues. The only issues they've ever had is quarterback injury issues. Um, but they've had a lot of talent coming through Northern Colorado, surprisingly from the, the quarterback and wide receiver um, positions. But yeah, we're going to Greeley. That is going to normally it's a bring your own energy type of game because they don't really have a lot of fans in the stands. But this year with Ed McCaffrey, I mean, there's there's possibly going to be some excitement. I think it's going to be a little bit um, 
more of a home field advantage for Northern Colorado than maybe years prior, because there is excitement behind it. There is some type of, um, I mean, if you talk to some of the guys like Aaron Rath, he thinks Northern Colorado is going to be a potential playoff team. I think he said like, maybe I'm misquoting this. So sorry if you're listening to Aaron Rath and you're like, I never said that, but I think he was thinking they are potentially going to be like eight and three. Um, and they're going to be able to compete and even knock off one of their FBS opponents. I don't see that happening. I think Northern Colorado has a brutal schedule. I mean, when you look at them, it is tough. I, I don't, I don't see them winning more than two to three games, but it's, it's Ed McCaffrey's first year. Maybe he's phenomenal. Maybe he's got all the right pieces. Maybe he can make it an impact of year one. It's really hard to do for a coach. Um, but I at least think Northern Colorado's on the rise. Um, how much will they rise? I have no clue, but at least it was a really exciting hire and I'm excited for Northern Colorado. Then we go home. This is October 16th, University of Idaho. Now, since they've come back to the big sky, this has been absolutely, when you're watching the games, our, our biggest rivalry. I mean, they've beaten us twice. We've beaten them twice. Um, every single time a team has been on the road, that team has lost. So Idaho's coming to Eastern Washington. Um, I like their quarterback. I really wish we recruited him, CJ Jordan. Um, he's he's a he was a true freshman last year. I think he's gonna get quite a bit of snaps this season. Maybe it's still Beaudry, but Idaho, they have a style matchup that is a little difficult for us to prep for, but at least the home teams won every time. Then we got this nice little home run, which is exciting. Weber State, this is our homecoming game. So Normally, teams may pick homecoming games against easy teams that they know they're 100% going to beat. We decided, let's do our homecoming game versus the four-time Big Sky champs, Weber State. So, Weber State, they are coming here. Um, I know I listened to the Weber State Weekly podcast. Those guys are pretty awesome. You know, they mentioned it's always windy in Cheney. Um, I don't think it's going to be raining like they mentioned. It doesn't rain that often in Cheney. It's either sunny or snow. It's very few times of rain could happen but the wind will always be there so they are a little bit nervous about this game um then after that we play montana state now montana state is our new protected rival so the big sky did a couple weird things since southern utah's leaving and i think they did it for the better um but they had to switch up who's going to be the protected rivalries who is not so what they did is they said every team put in your top four who do you want to be your protected rival that you play every every year so everyone put in their top four, and then it was the commissioner who basically decided who goes what, what, what goes where. So we're no longer going to be playing Portland State or Montana every single year. We haven't been playing Montana every year. I already mentioned that since Idaho came back. But we're not playing Portland State anymore every single year. Instead, they're going to be on basically a in every other or a, We're going to play them still two out of three years. Um, but that's how the new rotation is going to be you're going to basically play every single team, at least in conference, every two out of the three years, which that is awesome. Um, where, you know, sometimes we haven't played a team for three seasons, four seasons, and then, you know, you never know who, what they're going to be. We don't have anyone who's even played them on our team anymore. I mean, there's weird things that happen in the big sky. Now, at least it's on a rotational basis. Um, you're still going to play every single team two out of the three years. So that is awesome. Um, but our new protector rivalries are, Idaho, of course, you know, they are the closest team to us. I'm sure we put them as our number two. Um, and then we're going to play Montana State. So overall, still disappointing. We're not going to be playing Montana. But overall, uh, yeah, give me give me Montana State every year over Portland State. I like the name, the damn cup. I think it's a cool rivalry trophy name. Um, and maybe we need to come up with a different name with Montana State's. But I would much rather play a Montana State um, in terms of I know when I went to school there. Those were two games I was always excited about. Montana, Montana State. Their fan bases are passionate. Um, it's always a, a fun place to visit. And they travel well to us as well. And then, of course, you're just looking at historic teams. I, I'm not one of those guys who always wants easy games. I'd rather play the top tier of the top tier. And Montana State, overall, they are still among the top tier of the big sky, um, especially in the last few years. But, like, historically, they are among the top tier, just like Montana. Um, so... I'm excited. We we upgraded at least on that game. 
but I am still bummed. I would rather play Montana because I don't hate anything about Montana state where I just dislike Montana. Um, Montana state. I'm like, actually, I like everything about your program. I like your facilities. I like your fans. I like your atmosphere. I like, I like your team. Um, you know, maybe that's one of the only teams in the big sky I would root for in the postseason versus some teams. I'm typically not a big sky fan. If, if Eastern's out of the playoffs, I'm not rooting for the big sky to be successful. I hope you all fall. Hope you all get beat by a hundred. Um, but Montana state is one of those teams that I have a soft spot in my heart for, and I do root for them because I like them. All of my experiences with their fans have been super phenomenal. I get, there's a couple of them like the R&R podcast. I absolutely despise Eastern Washington, but I don't think it's because they hate our fans. Well, maybe it, it's more, <laughs> they've said it on, I think their recent one. They just do not do well against Eastern Washington in any sport. I mean, basketball, they haven't beat us in forever. Football, I mean, it really hasn't been in a long time. We own that rivalry record. Um, again, it's not really a rivalry in my opinion, but hopefully it becomes one. But Montana State comes home. Then we go to at UC Davis. That is a good team. So we're going to play at UC Davis. That is really our only tough road game, in my opinion, um, outside of maybe you know UNLV. Um, and then we're going to go to Hillsborough high and we're going to play at Portland state. The cool thing, again, all of these games are on ESPN plus besides the Montana game, which is on national TV. We actually got that Montana game at Cheney, um, on ESPN, um, ESPN U. So that is a cool thing. We're going to see that on national TV. That's why it's also going to be a great atmosphere and audience. There's going to be 11,000 rowdy fans watching a very good football game. I just wish we had our new stadium by then, but that's not going to happen. So we'll kind of put a damper on that. So that's all we have about the football schedule. Um, now let's talk about the first game of the week or the first game of the season. We're going down to Viva Las Vegas. We're, we are um, playing UNLV. Um, now the UNLV Rebels. This football team has not done very well over the past few seasons. I mean, this this weird fall season, they went 0-6. And they didn't really play any team competitive. I mean, 14-45 to against Wyoming. Um, at Hawaii, 21-38. At San Diego State, 6-34. Nevada, 19-37. Fresno State, 27-40. San Jose, 17-34. But it was first-year coach. Um... Who's a, who's a coach? Marcus, Marcus. Yeah. Marcus. Um, I'm going to pronounce his last name wrong. Ariel, something like that. Arala. Yeah. We'll get, we'll give him an Arala, but he, he's a first time head coach. First year was, you know, in the weird fall. So maybe he's going to be better. But I mean, if you look at the past few seasons, I mean, even before then they went four and eight, two and six in the Valley. Their only wins were, you know, Vanderbilt, they did beat Southern Utah 56 to 23, but that was in the 2019 season where, I mean, if you look at it, here's some of the games that they lost Montana state 42 to seven. Um, I mean, Portland state 52 to 31 South Dakota state 43, seven um, North Dakota. Who's not, you know, a superpower in, in dominating teams. They're still good, but then they won 36 to 18. So it's not like UNLV beat this really good FCS team. Um, they beat a team that other FCS programs, the top tier ones are beating by a little bit more. And then, you know, in 2018, they went four and eight again, two and six in the Valley. Um, they beat UTEP. Proud of them. Everyone beats UTEP. Um, NAU stomped UTEP that year as well. And then they beat Prairie View A&M, who that is their FCS game. And they did wipe the floor with Prairie View, but Prairie View is not a good caliber FCS team as well. So, I mean, when you're looking at it, UNLV is probably the easiest FBS program we have played since Idaho. Um, not, not probably. They are 100% the easiest FBS program we have played since Idaho. Um, so that is kind of the nice thing. Um, and overall, Historically, Eastern Washington has done very well against the FBS. You know, we are 10 and 27 versus FBS members lifetime. So we are winning, you know, a little better than 30% of our FBS games. 
I don't know how many FCS programs can say that. And, you know, our last, our last couple, you know, Washington state, they were in, I think an eight win program that year. We beat them. We beat Oregon state. They were top 25 when we played them. Of course, they never hit the top 25 again, but they were still like an eight win program when we played them, maybe seven wins, but that's in the P fives. And then of course we beat Idaho. Um, they were, they were bad and we kind of dominated them. But overall, I mean, we've done extremely well versus the FBS and we don't play too many bad FBS teams. Now, we haven't had an FBS win since 2016 against WSU when we won 45 to 42. Gage Gruber's debut where he was a gunslinger. But I mean, since then, we've played Texas Tech. Yeah, Texas Tech. They, they beat us on our, our worst year. We played Washington State um, in 2018. Again, they were extremely good. Um, they, they wiped the floor with us, but we were competitive for a little bit. And then we played UW, um, again, extremely good team. Um, we lost all three of those games. UNLV is not that type of team. We should be competitive against UNLV. Um, I saw one of the lines from bet MGM. They are saying it is a 9.5 Eastern as an underdog. I'll take the, I'll take the spread on that one. Do I think we'll win? I do actually, but overall, I mean, it's, probably going to be a shootout um i wasn't more excited because i thought i thought unlv was going to have tate martell if you know anything about tate martell or any anything so he was one of the highest rated recruits out of his class in terms of quarterback i think he was in the number two dual threat in the nation he got offers from like ohio state alabama um pretty much any program any top tier program you name it he got a he, he got an offer to go play um, he decided to go to Ohio state. He did not win the freshman job, um, after he played a little bit. So then he transferred to Miami, uh, Miami, there was a couple weird things and now he's transferring to UNLV, but he was on QB one. If you guys know that Netflix show and he was the guy like Jake Fromm was there. Um, Justin Fields was the year after, I believe. So, I mean, these are some, some big names that were on QB one. And I remember like J from he was he was looking on his phone looking at highlights of tate martell um so i mean he was tate martell was the real deal in high school he was from vegas uh bishop gorman i think is the high school um he was yeah one of the best quarterbacks he was super dynamic and i thought we were going to be able to play against him because he just transferred to unlv he's supposed to be you know the the rebels hero the rebel savior but I think he still has a fractured thumb or something like that. So I don't think he's going to be playing. But if he was, that's, I mean, he's dynamic. He's athletic. He can throw. He can run. He can pass. He hasn't really done much in college since, you know, he's been transferring everywhere. Um, I don't know if he has the best attitude uh, in terms of that. He doesn't seem like he's a great locker room addition. But who knows? I mean, that's just opinions. It's, it's not actual facts. The only actual fact is that dude is a true dual threat who can play. So I was bummed that we couldn't see that Eric Berrier versus Tate Martell matchup. You know, the best of the FCS in terms of a dual threat caliber guy who can escape the pocket versus, you know, one of the better talents um, out of high school that came into the FBS. So I have no clue who UNLV's um, quarterback is going to be. Um, their, their quarterback last year was awful and he's no longer on the roster but he you know had four touchdowns five interceptions he just wasn't very good he's no longer on the roster and i i was trying to search online to find a roster from unlv maybe they posted their ones and twos i couldn't really find anything i don't know if they're trying to keep it quiet or what but this this potentially has i think this could potentially be a shootout i mean whoever gets the ball last could potentially win um, maybe we'll get some more stops, hopefully. Um, but UNLV, they've, they, at least last season, you know, first year coach, they had a horrible defense and a horrible offense. They're probably going to be improved in at least one of those categories, maybe even two, having a second year, you know, head coach there. But it looks promising for a playoff caliber team to go upset any type of FBS program. I mean, if you're looking at an FBS versus FCS matchup that has a high, high chance of, you know, upsetting. I think it's going to be Eastern Washington. We return every single starter. Like I mentioned, there's tons of returning talent. 
No one is going to be afraid of UNLV after we played North Dakota State, after we played Texas Tech, after we played UW, after we played all of these teams. No one's going to be afraid to go into UNLV and compete. Um, we'll just see what they have to offer. Um, I think it is going to be a very high-scoring game. Uh, I, I definitely think UNLV is going to get some ch get some changes to score against us. I think they're going to have a hard time stopping us as well. Um, it's probably going to be a seven-point game either way. I'm thinking, but we will see. I mean, you never know with these FBS versus FCS matchups. I know everyone likes to say the depth, the depth is completely different because they have more scholarships. I still just don't buy that. I, I really don't. Um, just because, you know, those other 20 scholarships, they're all going to freshmen. Yes, they have, you know, 83 scholarships while we have 60. Um, but the difference is, you're still playing the same amount of people on the field. You're pl still playing your first and second strings. So I don't believe in the depth thing. I, I, re I really don't. I, I hate that argument because the depth that they are playing, they're not playing them. They're, they're on the bench. What I do agree with is just overall recruiting classes. Typically every single FBS program is getting more talent out of high school. Now, are they developing them as well? Um, that's the big question, but overall in terms of just pure talent or talent, FBS has more talent, um, at least on paper in high school. But we've done an extremely good job against FBS. Like I said, 10 and 27. We're one of three FCS programs that have ranked FBS wins. Um, not a lot of them have P5 wins. We have a couple. So this is going to be one of those games if Eastern Washington is as good as they think they are. If they are a playoff caliber team, um, we should go into UNLV and we should win. I know Chris Hammond. He doesn't think Eastern Washington will even be in the game. He thinks it's going to be like a blowout. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think on paper, we still match up well with them. Um, you know, we have a lot of returning guys on offense. I think they're going to really struggle stopping Eric Berrier, Boston Jones, um, you know, Tameric Pierce. We got a lot of actual running back talent. I hope the O-line on paper, our O-line is stacked. Um, we need to do a little bit better job. I think protecting Eric, um, you see him scrambling and sometimes that's what makes him the best when he's outside the pocket. Um, the pocket collapses, everything's failing. Everyone's scrambling from the defensive end from the, the corners, the linebackers and the line, because they're all afraid of his legs as well. So then that creates some openings for our wide receivers down the field. So sometimes it is important to have that pocket actually collapse and have Eric do what Eric does best. And that is just use his legs, use his athletic ability, use his speed, use whatever he wants. He's pretty unstoppable in some aspects of the game, but overall I'd like to see a little bit better stoppage or blocking. So then we can run the ball a little bit more. Maybe we don't have to rely so much on Eric getting out of the pocket on defense. I like our DBs. I like our linebackers. Um, Kreiner's coming back. Um, so we, we kind of miss him due to an injury. So he's going to be back. You know, we got Sendelbach, we got Johnson. We got a lot of talent on defense. One thing that we were missing out last year is, I like our defensive line on paper. Um, we were just getting out physical by the physical teams. You know, they were able to run the ball on us. Um, now, throughout most of the year, our running defense was amazing. And, but we couldn't stop a quarterback from running. And then NDSU proved that, eh, maybe you guys just didn't play any running teams in the big sky. And that is very true. Um, so we have to do a better job being um, we got to do a better job out physically some teams. So if we can stop the run, I have a lot of faith in our secondary. So I, I don't think they're going to be able to, you know, throw, throw as much. Um, if we stop the run, if we're physical on both sides of the line, this playoff or this Eastern Washington team has a very, very extremely high ceiling. If we aren't more physical on the lines and nothing's changed, we're still a playoff caliber team. We're still a top 15 team. But if we're going to play some of those like South Dakota States, North Dakota States, a Weber, um, a Montana State, some of those physical teams or James Madison, we're probably not going to do very well. So I'd like to see those two issues fixed the most. And then I think the ceiling is extremely high. Um, and I got faith in those guys, man. We got so much talent on both sides of the ball. Like I said in the beginning, I mean, talent for talent wise, I don't think there's a lot of teams that can compete with us. Athlete for athlete, I don't think there's a lot of teams that can compete with us. Um, not just in the big sky, but in the FCS, like in general, it just becomes 
are we going to be more physical than those physical teams or at least physical enough? We don't have to out physical them since we do have some of the speed, some of the talent on the outside. We just have to be physical enough. Um, if we were just physical enough against NDSU, it could be a different game, but they bullied us the whole second half. Uh, and we've seen that even with like Idaho, Idaho is not a good team, but on paper, they're matching up well with us because they are more physical than us. They have a great defensive line. They have a good offensive line and they're able to actually just push us around when they want. Um, the good thing is again, we still have speed. We still have athletes that will out athlete them. Um, but that is the big difference. We need to be a little more physical. And if we can, we can definitely win this UNLV game. We can definitely do a lot of big things in the big sky. We are coming up on close to an hour. So let's just do our full preseason projections. Um, I'm going to go down the schedule again. I'm just going to say win or lose. Um, so UNLV. I think Eastern Washington does it. I think we win. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, if Tate Martell is playing, maybe I think UNLV wins by seven in a last fluke touchdown play or something like that. But I don't know anything about their new quarterbacks that are going to be playing. I don't think they're as dynamic as him. So I think maybe it will be favoring Eastern Washington. We will see, but I'm going to take a win. So we're we're 1-0. Central Washington, I'm going to take a win. We're 2-0, not much to say about that game. They're a good D2 program. They have beat us back in 2016. They were competitive against us in 2010. Other than that, it hasn't been competitive. Um, so we're 2-0 right now with an FBS win and a D2 win, so they cancel each other out. It's like one FCS win. Okay, Western Illinois, Montana struggled with them on the road. Eastern Washington hasn't been the best on the road in the last few years. Um, but Western Illinois is not a top tier Missouri Valley team. We should win that game. If we don't, we got some troubles. So we are starting for the first time ever three and zero in that um, at a conference. Now we're going to go to at Southern Utah. Southern Utah is a good offense. They were improving. This is one of those teams though. I do think it's a mismatch on paper for a team that's not very physical. Southern Utah is not a very physical program. So when I'm looking at this on paper, this is one of those games where I think we just out physical them. I think we are going to do whatever we want versus them. Um, just because, I mean, I think we're going to out athlete to athlete them um, because they're not a physical team. So I'm sorry. I said that a little wrong. Um, I just don't think on paper, they're going to match up with our guys. We should be able to do what we want. So we are actually starting this season four and O and now we are finally at home versus the Grizz. This is where it gets exciting. Um, the Grizz, they are, they've never won on the red turf. Um, you know, I, I like to say we, we will always beat Montana on the red turf, but you will never always beat someone at home. Now, Eric Barrier has never lost at home. This will be the nice game where it is our first game back at home since Central Washington. Um, I don't know who the quarterback plays for Montana, but Montana has an extremely talented roster. Bobby Houck is back. Um, we have a very tough home schedule. Montana, Weber, Montana State, Idaho. Those are all teams that potentially we are, we're not going to be playing as good as we should against them. But since it's at home and Eric Berrier's never lost, we haven't lost since the 2017 season. All of our players have never really lost at home unless we got like a six-year super senior. Um, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say we win this game, but this is a 50, 50 game. I I'm not hundred percent positive. Like maybe in years past where I'm like, yeah, Montana's coming to us. We're going to smoke them. Uh, this is a 50, 50 game. I'm going to take the win for now because I'll take a loss later down the road. Cause I do not think we go four and at home or against these four teams. I do think we drop one game. I just don't know which one, but put that on the record. I do think we drop one of our home games. I am glad they're all at home, though. That gives us a much better chance than if we were all on the road. We may go 0-4. We may go 1-3 versus these teams. But since they're all at home, I'm going to favor Eastern Washington, at least in a majority of them. Now we're going to go to Northern Colorado. I'm going to take a win. Um, I'm just, I don't think Ed McCaffrey can turn it around overnight. But Dylan, he's going to gunsling that ball. This is going to be a shootout. Um, if we're not improved a little bit defensively, Northern Colorado is going to hang in that game. Um, they do have some talent, but overall, I think they're going to have a harder time stopping us and we're going to have stopping them. So right now I'm one, two, three, four, five, six in O, which puts us in prime position for at least the playoffs. Idaho comes to Eastern. 
We've beaten Idaho on at home every time. We've lost to them on the road. Um, I think this is going to be Petrino's last year. I'm going to give Eastern Washington a win um, against Idaho because for our home games, this is our second easiest home game after Central Washington. So I'm going to give us a win on there. Now we're going to play Weber State homecoming. Man, these next two is where it's a little tough. Um, so we're 7-0. and We're coming. We have – are we 7-0? and Yep, we're 7-0. and We're coming on Weber State. Last time they came to Eastern Washington, they won. I'm going to say hmm, four-time national or four-time Big Sky champs. Weber State has a tough schedule too. Um, an easier conference schedule, but a, a pretty tough overall schedule. Like they play, I think, Utah. Then they play James Madison. Like they have a tough schedule. I think... I think we're going to win this game at homecoming. I'm just going to say we're going to win this game at homecoming. Now we're eight. and No, we are playing Montana state. Um, since I do think we drop one home game, I'm just going to pick one. I'm just going to pick Montana state. We drop, um, you know, they're probably going to be able to run a little bit better than us. Um, they are a tough team. We'll see if Matt McKay can do some things. Cause if he is a quarterback, like everyone's hoping Montana state is going to be very dangerous. But I do think we drop one game between Weber, Montana, Montana State. Um, I just don't know who it is. So for this prediction, I'm just saying it's going to be Montana State. So, you know, now we are 8-1. and one. We are already in the playoffs. We're going to play at UC Davis. That is a tough game. We probably lose a road game as well. Um, I don't know if it's going to be UNLV or if it's going to be at UC Davis. UC Davis is tough. We really haven't loss of them we've we've out athleted them the last few times um but they're a good team i will say maybe we lose this game so now we are eight and two and then we play at portland state guess what now we're nine and two because i don't think we're gonna lose to portland state so we're nine and two on this season um that probably puts us pretty close to a seed maybe an eight seed because it's still two fcs losses uh so we'll see but we're definitely in the playoffs at that aspect um, if we are six and two in the big sky, we are probably not a big sky champ. So we need to win one of those games, be seven and one. And I think a seven and one probably secures our way of, um, you know, being a big sky champ or at least a share of the title. So yeah, nine and two on the season. That's my prediction. I don't know who we're going to lose to at home. We probably lose one and we're probably going to use lose to like a UNLV or a UC Davis on the road, but probably no one else. Um, overall, I think it's a pretty good schedule. It's, it's tough at home. It's much easier on the road. Um, and we haven't played as well on the road. So hopefully this at least sets us up for a seed so we can get some home field playoff advantage because it is tough to win in Cheney. And if we can get some games in Cheney, sky's the limit for this team. We have the talent. Let's just work a little bit more on our physicality, which I'm sure they've been doing. Um, so yeah, that's all I have for you guys. Hopefully it wasn't a horrible show. Again, I ramble. I have no clue even what I mentioned in this last hour. So you just had to deal with me. You sit, you listen. Um, speaking for an hour is a little bit tough unless you have no, no idea what you're talking about. Like I do. Um, so guys, we do appreciate it. If you can actually refollow us on Apple podcasts, if you are listening to it on Apple podcast, um, Apple did some weird things this off season where it kind of kicked us out and now it's re back. So we have zero, zero comments and reviews. If you can please leave a comment, a review that helps us out with Apple podcasts. If you like us, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, like all of these other different podcast platforms or video platforms, find us, um, chat with us, see what we can do. Sorry. I didn't answer any of the Twitter questions. Um, I will be doing a separate, probably broadcast. that just answer some of the questions, um, later this week. And maybe it'll be like more of a 15 minute, 20 minute episode. So uh, I apologize on that. This, we already had a lot to go through. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for listening. Please again, subscribe, rate, do all that thing. Last thing we are doing another campaign. Um, it's a 10 day. If you missed out on these red turf repping shirts, the last time we did this, um, you have 10 days, go purchase one. It should be by your home. If you do purchase by the end of September. So it's a 10 day campaign. All of that support will help us get better. Uh, um, editing software. It's going to get us better mics so then we can actually sound a little clearer. So 
please support us. All of this podcast has just been for fun out of our own money. We don't have a sponsorship like some of the other podcasts in the big sky. Um, no one wants to work with us. I don't know if it's because of my personality. I'm too brash sometimes. Um, but yeah, so if you guys can help us out, that helps us out a lot so we can get better stuff to give you better content, better quality uh, of a show. So again, thank you guys for listening. You guys are all awesome. Um, let's beat UNLV. Viva Las Vegas. Gamble on the red. Not not Rebel Red, but Gamble on Eagle Red. Um, and let's, let's hear it for a hell of a season. Good luck, guys, and go Eags. Boom.